Well, I would like to introduce you to high school Harley. He couldn't be here today. He was a lot smaller than me, uh, probably a lot better looking, and he had an awesome mullet. Oh, my goodness. So high school Harley, he at one point in his life, he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and here's what he prayed. Oh, God, I want her. (laughs) And I'm not joking. He prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and the truth is, God made it very clear. I don't have time to go into the details, but it was crystal clear. That was not God's plan for me. That relationship was not God's plan for me. But oh God, oh God, I really want to date her. I really, really want to, please pretty please and I prayed and I prayed and I asked and I asked I'm sure I even journaled it I would be embarrassed to go back and look at my journal I prayed and prayed and finally I feel like God just said okay okay Harley try it your way try it your way and boy did I and as a result I almost changed the course of my entire life Because of that one relationship that was not part of God's plan for me, and it was outside of God's plan for purity for my life, all because of that, it almost changed the course of my entire life. You see, there was something inside of me, something inside, deep inside, that just wanted to please me, wanted to live for me wanted to do things my way, wanted to make me happy. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I think that there is something inside of every single one of us all the way back since Adam and Eve. There's something inside of us that God did not place there. We literally inherited that from Adam and Eve all the way from generation to generation we inherited some kind of brokenness, some kind of desire that says, I want to be my own boss. I want to live my life my way. The desire somehow to reject God and reject God's plan. It's in us. It's there. It's in your parents. They've got it. It's in all of our kids. They've got it. Some got an extra dose. (laughs) It's in all their friends. It's in all your friends. It's in every single person, everyone right now. All the way back since Adam and Eve, we are still naturally bad to the bone. It's just a reality. All the way back. We're just naturally now bad to the bone. But God, as our loving creator, as our loving father... God keeps calling us back to himself. And he shows us the way. He says, this is the way I want you to go. This is the path I want for your life. He calls us back and he keeps pointing towards his path, his way. But here's the thing. He does not force us onto his path. He lets us make our own decisions. He lets us choose our own path. He lets us choose our own destination, where we're going to end. And I'm not talking about eternity. I'm just, it applies there too. I'm just talking about in life. But don't be fooled. 
every decision that we make is a step toward a very specific destination. And again, I'm not talking about your eternity, although that does apply. But every, every decision we make is a step toward a very specific destination. You see, I believe that God has a plan for each one of our lives. I believe that. And, uh, and according to the series that we've been teaching, God also has a plan for our personal morality and our personal purity. Now, we've described that for the past several weeks. His plan for our purity. Basically, to summarize, it's all things that are related to a physical relationship between humans. They are only, according to God's plan, only designed to be experienced within the safety of a marriage. And then Jesus and God he describes this marriage between a man and a woman. And he says everything about that physical relationship, which involves our thoughts all the way to any actions related to a physical relationship between, a, uh, between humans that is all designed to be within that marriage. All of it. And only those thoughts and actions involving that one man and that one woman. That's his plan. That's what we talked about. But I want you to let you know this week, this morning, I want you to know, but we don't have to listen so this morning, I'm not going to try to be pressuring you, and I'm not going to try to be guilting you towards God's plan. We, he gives us the freedom to say, I choose to follow your plan, God, or I choose to not listen to your plan. He allows us to choose. He says, here's my plan. I'm laying it out there for you. Here's my plan. And he pleads with us through his spirit. He pleads with us to follow his plan but he does allow us to choose for ourselves. But I want us to understand today, here's really what I want us to understand, that with each choice, there is a step that we take. And that step, regardless of the choice, every step we take is taking us toward a very specific direction. And so what we want to do this morning is kind of, kind of lay out what that might look like as best we can. How does all of that play out? So God has a plan for human physical relationships. And he says you can go with my plan or you can reject my plan. So we can choose his plan or we can go with our own plan. But here's one thing real important I want you to know about that. There's no blending of the plans. We either take God's plan, all of it, or we take our plan. If we try to blend them and we say, well, I like this part of God's plan and I'm going to take that, but I don't like this part of God's plan, I'm going to leave that one off because I don't agree with it. So I'm going to take this part because I do agree with it. If we just take part of it, then we are on our plan. It is not God's plan. So God says, here's the plan. You take mine or you take yours. There's no blending. All right? If you try to blend it, don't fool yourself. You're on your plan. So I want, you to, enter, I want to introduce you to somebody this morning. I want you to meet uh, our little person. Um, there, there's our little person right there. You see on the screen? There. I can't get my pointing right. There. I just cleaned his ears. 
There's our little person. That is going to be little Harley, and that's going to be little you, all right? That's me, and that's you. So God has told us that he has a plan for our life. That's what that green line is about. That's a line starting on one end and going all the way to the other. Just consider that a path, that green path. That is God's plan for purity, your purity, God's plan for my purity. That's the green bar. That is how he wants us, let's say, that's his path. That's how he wants us to protect each one of us with morality, with purity, that's, that's all, and it's from thoughts that we have about that all the way through actions. That's God's plan. That's the green plan, all right? Now, I don't know if you can see this. I'm going to stand here and see if it helps. Yeah, there we go. You see right there under the word God, um, those little black bars that are going from the bottom to the top. Um, the, each one of those are going to represent a different decision, Okay. And so little Harley there, little you, we have decisions to make related to staying on God's plan. All types of things, what I'm going to think about, what I'm going to see, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to experience, what I'm going to say, all these things. And today specifically related to staying in God's plan for morality and God's plan for purity. Those are all little decisions. Um, And those little decisions... Notice, we've made some good decisions, and we stayed on God's plan. That's his plan, and we stayed on it. We're on that plan. Every single decision about how we live, God has a plan for that. And I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm glad about that, usually. He has decisions that he wants us to make to stay on that plan and to stay pure. It is that green, green path there is really, we can just say it's God's best life that is personally designed by him for us. Now, somewhere along the way, though, something happens. Da, da, da. It happens long before I make any decision to leave God's path. There's something that we see with our eyes or there's something that we hear that makes us start thinking. Mm -hmm. Makes us start thinking. It leads to a thought. Now, McKinley just put on the screen here this red path. You see that? Now, that's my path. It's not God's path. That's my path. And notice it is going up and away. Not just away. It's going up and away. We'll get to that in a moment. But that's my path. And I don't think you can see this, but I'm going to stand over here and see if it helps. Right over here. It's too dark. But there's one little black line right in there. And it's going up from the every decision I make all the way straight up to the very corner of my plan, that red line there, that red bar. And so here's what's happening. I saw something, you saw something, you heard something, and you got a thought. A thought that's getting ready to give us the opportunity to leave God's plan and to take our own plan. And we're thinking about it. That thought's in our head. We saw something, we heard something, and suddenly we're like, yeah, I, 
I probably shouldn't, but man, I like where this thought's going. I like what this thought is doing to me. I I like what this thought feels like. The longer I think about it, the more I think about it, the more I like it, actually. The longer we think about it, the more we entertain and we wrestle with, who's wrestling? We're just thinking about it and enjoying it the more likely we are to actually take that step and take that direction. And so that thought, that thought itself is a step according to what we've studied so far. The thought itself, as we hang on to it and think about it, is a step that is headed in a direction. It's not just a thought. And so... It's not also just a step. So it's not just a thought, it's a step. And it's not just a step, it is a step that is going in a very specific direction. You see that? Up and away from God's plan. Now I want you to listen to the words of the wisdom writer in the Old Covenant. And we're going to find out how he describes this process. Proverbs chapter 5 is where we're going to jump into this. We're going to start with verse 3. He says, For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey. I want to pause here because he just happens to choose this as the example. He could say the same thing about a man. All right? could say the very same thing. This just happens to be his example. He's teaching his son. All right? So here's, this is just what he's using as the example. For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey, he says. Her mouth is smoother than oil. He's saying, uh, the wisdom writer is saying, as you know, we're going to be tempted. We're going to be tempted. We're going to hear some things. We're going to hear some things that are going to be oh so sweet and oh so smooth. And those things we hear, we're going to see some things that are going to be sweet. And they're going to be smooth. And they're going to plant that little thought inside of our head. Sweet and smooth. And that thought's going to start spinning in our mind. And our imagination is going to have the opportunity to take hold of it and make that grow even more. And we're going to start possibly then daydreaming about that. And then we're going to start rehearsing things over and over in our minds about how we would like that to go or how we would like that to turn out. And it's going to become thrilling. And it's all been right here in our mind. And it's going to be exciting. The wisdom writer is saying all of that is a path, not just a thought. It is a step down a new path, he's saying. And the wisdom writer then tells us where that path ultimately is going to end up. He says, verse 4, But in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. He said, that's where it ends. Verse 5, Her feet go down to death, he says. Her steps lead straight to the grave. The wisdom writer is saying that every single decision that we make, and in this series specifically related to purity, and what he's talking about here in in the book of Proverbs, also related to purity. 
Every decision that we make about a physical relationship between humans all the way from thoughts, they're included, and all the way to actions, those are each a station has an ultimate destination. We're either going to stay on God's path and walk that green line, or we're going to leave that path and we're going to take off on our own path, and the end of that is going to be trouble. He goes on, verse 6, for she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down the crooked trail and doesn't realize it. So now my sons, listen to me. Never, he says, never stray from what I'm about to say. And here's what he's about to say, verse 8, stay away from her. And like I said, you can easily say, stay away from him. This is just his example. Could be him, could be her. But he says, stay away. Now, we talked about this last week. We said last week, basically, is that I'm about to leave God's path. We need to get away from that line. Wherever it is, it says, I'm about to cross over. I was doing okay here. This is right. This is okay. Here's the line. But I stepped over. That was over the line. Now that is wrong. And, and we said last week, run away from that. Don't go toward it. Don't get close to it. Don't sneak up on it. Run away from that. Give yourself plenty of room physically to be away from that temptation. Give your room, yourself plenty of room uh, visually. So don't even be looking at it. Visually, give yourself room. Physically, give yourself room. And then we ultimately said this. Give yourself room mentally with your thoughts. Stay away from it. Don't even go there here. Plenty of room for your mind. So you don't let those things in to your head. He goes on, verse 8, stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. But again, it's your choice. If you choose to just do what you want to do, if I do, if you do, then we are certainly headed somewhere very specific in a whole other direction, somewhere painful, somewhere emotionally devastating away from God's plan. He goes on, verse 9. If you do, you'll lose your honor. You'll lose to merciless people. Everything you have, he says, is going to be gone. They're going to get it. Everything you've achieved, there it goes. They're going to get it. Verse 10. Strangers will consume your wealth, and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. Verse 11. In the end, you will groan in anguish, when disease consumes your body. And then he goes on to describe this. Not only all of that, if that's not bad enough, he said, then you're going to live with the if-onlys. The if-onlys, verse 12. You will say, oh, how I hated discipline. But if only I had not ignored all the warnings. Verse 13. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? Verse 14. I have come to the brink of utter ruin, and now I must face public disgrace. And the reality is this for us. It all started 
when we began to hang on to those thoughts. And then those thoughts began to lead us down our own path. And those thoughts, with that, soon actions would follow. And so here we are. There's a little man right there. You see him? There he is. He's decided. He took the thought and he went with it. And he's off on his own path now. He's headed off. Looks like he's having a good time. We all in some way have chosen our own path. Our own plan for how we want physical relationships to work between humans. We've chosen our own path. We've chosen our own plan. We've chosen the way that we want it to work out, the way we think it should go, and that's what we've gone with so often in our life. So God's plan is there, but we said, but I think it works better this way. Or we said, okay, God, I may take a little bit of your plan, but then I'm going to take this of mine, which means we're on our own plan, not God's plan. Some way, most of us, many of us, have said no to God and his plan. And we discovered something about that. We love it! <laughs> oh my goodness, it's a fun plan. We love that plan. Ah, we hang on to that plan and we keep chasing that plan. We love it. We love what we get out of our own plan. It's pretty fun. It's a fun plan. Exciting. And the longer we're on our own plan, certainly in those early days, man, the more we want to be on that plan and the more steps we take and the further, the further we get from God's plan. In a letter that Paul wrote, to the church that was gathering in this town called Galatia. Paul describes what's happening. And he describes what always happens with a choice that we make. And it happens without exception. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. He said, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Now, focus on this part of the verse. You will always always harvest what you plant always every time you can't plant cabbage and pray for hot dogs you can't plant corn and hope that it's going to turn into cotton he says you will always harvest always Harvest what you plant. Verse 8, those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature will harvest. So we do that, there is a result. We plant that, we're going to harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. That thing in us that I said we all got from Adam and Eve, yep. If we live planting those seeds, that's what we're going to harvest. And that's exactly what the wisdom writer was telling us too just a moment ago, thousands of years before that. Every decision that we make about a physical relationship between humans is a step in a specific direction. And that, that step has a specific outcome, a specific destination. And part of that is leaving 
God's plan as a result. But also, staying on God's plan also has a result. And here's what he says about that. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. But you know, we like to do things our own way. So, most of us, we just keep heading down our own path. We just keep, look, he's made it here now. (laughs) There he is now. He's making his way up there, right? We just keep heading down our own path. We just keep making decisions about physical relationships with other humans the way we want to make them, the way we think they should go, the way we want it to go, and that's how we make the decisions. And so we take that. Look at all the steps he's taken now, all the steps I've taken, all the steps you've taken. A lot of them there. We just keep taking another step, doing what I want to do. It's leading somewhere specific. So we have a choice. We make a choice, and that choice is leading us somewhere. We are going somewhere. It's not just a choice. It's a path. We're going somewhere. Listen to the wisdom writer again. Uh, This is in Proverbs 14. He says, a wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. In other words, God's given us the ability to make the right choice and to follow him, to follow his path. But what often happens is we tear our own lives apart, decision by decision, one opportunity at a time, and so often one relationship at a time, we just destroy our lives with our own hands. Yeah, we may blame them. We're good at that. But we're taking our lives apart one relationship at a time, one person at a time, one Friday night at a time. And we're the ones doing it. Verse 2, he says, those who follow the right path, they fear the Lord. Those who take the wrong path, they despise him. We say, I reject your plan, God. I don't think that's the way human relationships work best. I'm going to go with my plan. This is the way I feel. I feel this way about human relationships regardless of what you say, God. I'm going to go with the way I feel. Now the wisdom writer goes on. I'm going to jump now to verse 7 and he's talk I mean chapter 7 and he's talking about the a very same scenario here. Physical relationships between humans. Here's what he has to say. Um Proverbs 7 verse 1. He says, follow my advice, my son. Again, he's talking to his son. He uses the example of a woman, but that is all interchangeable. You could put any sex in there, anywhere. It doesn't matter. They could be all mixed up and jumbled, jumbled up like a, big, like a big jambalaya. Doesn't matter. It all applies. Here we go. Follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commands. Obey my commands and live, he says. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. He's getting the point across. Please don't forget what I'm about to say. He says, love wisdom like a sister, like your very own family member. Protect it like you would guard it like you would your very own family member. Love it like your sister. Make insight a beloved member of your family. He says, this is to protect you. 
and this is to protect your life, and this is to protect your future. He's saying this is not to keep you from something really good and fun. This is to save all of that really good and fun for your best. Your best. It's there for you on God's plan. There won't be all the nasty consequences that come along with it if you try to take that to your plan. He says it's to protect you. Verse 5, let them protect you. And he says how? Protect you from an affair with an immoral woman, from listening to the flattery of a promiscuous woman. Again, you can put any sex in there at all, and it still applies. It's to protect you. Now, next, the wisdom writer describes what he's seeing, okay? This is kind of unique. So the wisdom writer has observed something in another young man, and he's describing to his sons and now to us what he saw. And he's saying, I want you to learn from this, all right? And here's what, here's, here's what he saw. Uh, verse 6, while I was at my window of my house looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. In other words, what he's basically saying, it, it, it's someone who was pretty obvious that was saying, I'm going to go with my plan, God, not your plan. Because God, your plan is old, it's stupid, your plan is rusty, your plan is ancient, your plan is uh, is is." not current. Your plan is just old and rusty, God. I'm going with mine. Verse 8. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman. So in other words, people knew. All right. He knew. This was no mystery, no joke. He knew. Everybody knew. And what's happening here is he is running toward the line we talked about. He's not running away from it. He's not stepping away from the danger. He's running toward it. So, he was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. Just taking a stroll. Everybody gets got to walk. Nothing wrong with walking. It's legal to walk. You can walk by a house, not a problem, it's legal, didn't break any laws, didn't break any rules, didn't break any God's laws, it's legal. We can walk by a house, just strolling by our house. So he's getting near. He knew what was in the house. He's just getting closer. Verse 10, the woman approached him. Ah, shocking. Seductively dressed and sly of heart, he knew the boy knew that he was getting closer to danger, not further from danger, closer to danger. And his mind was saying, hmm, just let me get close. I mean, I don't have to do anything. Let's just get close because it's exciting. Verse 11, she was brash. The rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She often, verse 12, often in the streets, in the markets, soliciting at every corner. She knew. Everybody knew. The whole town knew. She threw her arms around him and kissed him with a brazen look, she said, verse 14. 
I've just made my peace offerings. I've been to church. <laughs> and I have fulfilled my vows. I checked all the boxes. I did all the religious. I'm, I'm a religious girl, she said. And she said to him, verse 15, You're the one I've been looking for my whole life. I've been looking for you. Now, now notice, all this is going on. He knew, he knew that he was getting closer to danger. But he kept getting closer. Still there, he's still thinking these thoughts, whatever they are. He's still listening to everything she has to say, and he's still thinking those thoughts. She said, I came out to find you, and here you are. You are God's gift to women. You're there. He's still there. Notice, he hasn't moved. He's still there. He's still thinking. He's still listening to everything she has to say. And therefore, he's still thinking about it all. Verse 16, she goes on. My bed is spread with beautiful blankets, with colored sheets of Egyptian linen. Notice, he is still there. He's still thinking. He's still listening to everything she has to say, which makes him continue to think about it. Verse 17, I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. And he is still there. He's still thinking. He's still listening to everything she has to say, and therefore he's still thinking about it all. Verse 18, come, let's drink Let's drink our fill of love, she says. Until morning, let's enjoy each other's caresses, she said. He is still there, still thinking, still listening to everything she has to say. Therefore, he's still thinking about it. Verse 19, for my husband is not home. He's away on a long trip. He's taken a wallet full of money with him, and he won't return until later this month. And then, boom! Yeah, there it is. So she seduced him, verse 21, with her pretty speech, enticed him with her flattery, and he takes the step. And in that, he is headed somewhere specific. Verse 22, he followed her at once like an ox going to slaughter. You see, we know the end of the story. Like an ox going to slaughter. Like a stag caught in a trap, waiting the arrow that would pierce his heart. It was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life, cost him his future, cost him his family. Verse 24, so listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your hearts stray toward her. Don't let your hearts stray toward him. Don't let your hearts stray. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. And the wisdom writer tells us the path that that young man chose was a path that was leading somewhere. Every step 
It was leading there every single time, always. Tragedy, pain, destroyed, damaged, hurt relationships, scarred memories. You, you know, I, I believe that it is possible to get so far down that path that we may not be able to hear God again. We may not be able to find our way back to Him. We can get so far from God. I believe it's possible that we can't find our way back. We can't hear His voice any longer calling us back. We may get so far that we don't hear Him calling anymore. Think of it this way. McKinley, put that next one on there for me. As, as this little guy gets higher, there he is right there, you see? Don't just think of this as a path going away from God's plan. Think of it this way. Think of it as he has been over several mountain ranges by now with these decisions he's made. He is two or three mountain ranges away from God's plan. When we get that far emotionally, we're not talking about physically. When we get that far emotionally from God, because God can be right there, but we are so emotionally detached from Him, it is like we are mountain ranges away from Him. There comes a time that we don't hear Him anymore. Think about the decisions that you want to make right. The big ones. I mean, there's some big ones we want to get right in life. Let's just consider marriage for a moment. We want to get that decision right, don't we? We want to get it right. We want to get that one right. Now, if God's plan is down here on the green, and marriage is like way down here at this point, somewhere down here, and we want to get that right, but we find ourselves way up here, mountain ranges, if you will, away from God's plan, how in the world will we ever get that marriage that God has for us? How will we ever get that right if we are mountain ranges away from God's plan? The answer is, we won't. We are so far from God's plan. How are we going to get there in that major decision of life? Because we have made all these tiny decisions leading up to that point, and it has landed us way, way way away from God's best. We want God's best, but how in the world will we hear God now that we have not listened to Him for so long? What's the likelihood of making the right decision for a major decision we have in life about God's plan for our lives when we have one decision at a time taken our own way and we are mountain ranges away from God. I'm so far from his plan. How is little Harley up there going to make the right decision? Now, at this point, the likelihood of me making a decision up here when God's plan is way, way down here, the likelihood of me making God's 
decision, God's plan for my life related to anything in my life, my choice of school, where I'm going to go to school, my choice of career, what I'm going to do for my career, if God's plan is here and I'm way up here, the choice of marriage, any choices related to family, how am I going to get down there on his plan when I'm way up here? There comes a point. This is what's so scary. There comes a point that we just don't hear him anymore. We have traveled so far away from him emotionally that we have shut out his voice. It fades in our life. It fades in our ears. It fades in our hearts because we've shut him out one step at a time. Paul describes this. He wrote a letter to the Christ followers who were meeting in Rome together in homes. Romans chapter 1, he describes this process of shutting God out. Verse 21. Yes, they knew God. In other words, they were aware that God had a plan. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship God as God. In other words, they were like, okay, God, I see you have a plan, but I'm choosing my plan. I know you have a way for me to live. I know you have a path, but I'm going to choose my plan. And he says, here's where that path is headed. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas about what God was like. In other words, they were like, well, I think God would. I don't think God would have. I think God created this way. I think God wouldn't have done this. He wouldn't have made me this way. He wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have but I, I, I think, and it's all, these are my ideas about God, therefore, that is God. He said, that's what happened. And as a result, their minds became dark, he said, and confused. I believe Scripture even tells us sometimes that God will, at a certain point, make their minds dark and confused. But in this instance, they were dark and confused because of what they had done. It was the result of them making up their own ideas about God and saying, that's what I think God is like. This is what I want God to be like, so I'm going to go with that. And he said they got so far off that they, their ears closed. They closed them themselves. Their hearts closed. They closed them themselves their minds became dark and confused. Verse 22, claiming to be wise, they instead, according to God, became utter fools. And instead of worshiping, verse 23, instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Verse 24, so here's what happened. God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. In other words, God said, okay, have it your way. You live life with this made-up God of what you think God would be like. You live life with your made-up rules about human relationships. You live life on your own terms, what you think, what you think it should be, the way you feel about it. He said, okay, go. I'm gonna, you've asked for it and asked for it and asked for it. You've made those choices. Okay, go. I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to allow you to do it. Go. And he said, as a result, 
they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. He said it just that's where it went. It started with just hear my ideas about God, but it ended up they were on their own path, their own way, their own thoughts. This is how I'm going to do it. And he said it, it changed from just thoughts to physically doing things about it. There he went. He said, there they go. So they worshipped and they served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. He says, so be it. Amen. He's worthy of praise. Verse 26. And that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. He said, you asked for it. Okay. Go. You got it. And the sad truth is this. He will let us be as bad as we want to be. When we look at what we've been talking about through this series, God's standard uh, for morality, for his purity, what he says it is, and and, and all things regarding physical relationships between humans, starting with thoughts, all the way through actions, God will allow us to be as bad as, as we choose to be. And the wisdom writer was speaking specifically about God's plan for purity and God's plan for morality when he wrote this. Verse 5, I mean chapter 5 verse 21. For the Lord sees clearly what a man does. He's talking about this very topic, physical purity. Starting here, morality, purity, starting here, going all the way to actions, for God sees clearly what a man does, examining every path that he takes. He says in verse 22, an evil man is held captive by his own sins. There are ropes that catch hold of him. Verse 23, he will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. So here we go back to the little guy climbing our thing here. There he is, way up there at the top. Way way up there at the top. We are bad to the bone. We inherited it from Adam and Eve. And God will literally allow us to be as bad as we want to be. But here's the good news. We can return to God's plan. At any point, we can return if we can still hear him calling us to return to his plan. So we've already talked about the reality of our destination, where our own plan is headed. We've talked about that. We are going to harvest what we plant, which means if we want to return to God's plan, we can't can't do this. So here we go. We have climbed up there on our own plan, and we are way up there. To get back to God's plan, we don't get to just step back down and go backwards. We're going to harvest what we planted. We can't go backwards. Those seeds have already been planted. We can't go dig them up out of the ground. Most of them are already growing. 
We can't do that. So the reality of that is we're headed this way, but we can't get back to God by going backwards because we can't go undo anything we've done. So now we're not dealing with that reality. Now we're going to have to deal with physics. <laughs> and in this case, with our example, here we have a little man climbing the ladder here. I mean, climbing up the, the thing here. He's way up here. And if he's going to get down there, Well, it appears he's going to have to deal with gravity because <laughs> he can't go backwards in this scenario. He can't go backwards. So if he's going to return to God's plan to living the life that God desires, the path that God desires, he can't even get back down to this part of the plan. He's going to have to get right back down here somewhere. So to get there, Speaking of how we relate physically to other humans with what we think about and what we do to get to that plan, knowing we can't go backwards, can't undo what I've done. God will give us a fresh start, but we don't really get a do-over because a do-over says, oh, well, none of that counted before. But unfortunately, everything counted before. So we don't get a do-over. We can't unplant those seeds back here. But we can still get back to his plan if we can hear him. So it appears to me that we've got two options. To get from here way up here to way down here. We've got two options. Since we can't go backwards and undo anything, we have Two ways to get there. Right up here, something really bad can happen in our lives. A tragedy, something tragic, and we are going to fall from up here down to God's plan. Some tragedy is going to thrust us off of our plan down to God's plan, and we are going to fall. Give us that next picture, McKinley. We're going to fall. There he goes. Something tragic is going to happen, and we're going to fall. Something painful in life is going to happen, and we're going to fall. And we're going to destroy others, could even destroy ourselves in the process. We're going to hurt. A lot of other people are going to hurt. Something tragic happens, and it forces us to fall. Or, knowing we can't go back down, we can't undo any of this, the other option is we can choose to jump. To jump down to God's plan. And the result is, the result is that we can say, okay, 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 I have had enough of my own way. I've had enough of what I have developed and created in my own life, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of what I've created because of my decisions. And we can choose to jump back to God's plan. Still going to be painful. It's still going to hurt. But instead of being thrown down, we're choosing to say, I'm going to go back to God. And I'm going to jump down to God. And it's still going to hurt because we found ourselves a long, long, long way from God's plan. It's still going to be painful. 
because we walked that path one decision at a time, one thought at a time, one action at a time. And we have gotten our lives that distance from God's best for our lives. Decision by decision, thought by thought, action by action. You see, it was not just a decision. It was a path, and it was leading somewhere up and away from God's plan, ultimately towards pain and hurt and the destruction of something. But we have a choice today. We got a choice. We can continue to follow our path. God's going to allow us that choice. And there will come the day, I don't know when, either because we're so far from him emotionally that we just don't hear him anymore, or we also find in Scripture there comes a day when he closes your ears and your heart and you will never be found again. There comes a day. We have a choice to make. We can continue down our own path, following our path, our decisions, this is what we want. Or today, since you haven't fallen, you can choose to jump to God. Say, God, I'm coming home. I'm coming back. And I know it's going to be a painful process. But I'm ready to come home. And it's going to hurt. But only because we've walked for so long, so far from God. But it will begin the process of bringing you back to God's best. It's not too late. God's best. We cannot undo and unplanned, but we can still, this day, move to God's best. If you can still hear him calling, it's not too late. If you can still hear him calling. For some of us, this morning, it may just be a short step. You may just be one step away. And it may not be all that painful. Because it may be early in the process of you following your own plan. It may not be all that possible. In fact, everyone in here may think that you're the perfect Christian. But in your heart, you may know that you've already begun the process of leaving God's path. It may not be as painful, whomever you are, wherever you are, if it's a few steps. But for some of us, it is going to be more painful because we have found ourselves for years running from God. But if you can still hear Him... You can respond to him. And this morning we're just simply asking this. Will you choose to take the leap into the arms of your heavenly father? It, yes, it is still going to hurt. It's still going to hurt. This morning, if you have been dealing in your heart and in your life with lust, if you're a man, I encourage you and challenge you to read the book, Every Man's Battle. Order it. Begin it today. You can start reading it on your phone if you'll just get the Kindle app. Read it from your phone. Start today. Every man's battle. Ladies, if it's you, every woman's battle. It's not a new book, I promise you. You can find it. It's not new. But the information and the content is adequate to get you started back to God's plan for purity. It's not too late. If you can hear him calling. And you say, Harley, that's not my struggle related to purity. I am off the charts. You haven't even talked about what I'm struggling with. Then here's what I ask you. Just contact me or contact Cole. 
Contact one of us. Get a hold of one of us. And if we don't already know a resource to point you toward, we will do our best to discover one and say, here's a possible starting place. Start there. Start there. But we won't know unless you let us know. If you can still hear God calling your heart right now, that is not me, that is not fancy speaking, or that it's not tricky teaching, that is God's Spirit. We just simply read some scripture today and helped to understand what that scripture means. That's all we did today. And anything else that's going on in your heart that is God's Spirit speaking to your heart, or it is the evil one that's saying, "Uh uh-uh, stay on your path, you're doing good. One of the two. And my prayer is this, that you will jump back into the arms of Jesus with this whole thing called morality. Even though it's not the way I feel, it's not the way I understand. I feel like my wires are crossed. I feel like that I am in, if you feel like you're saying, I'm in this world, but I don't feel like I belong to anything that you're reading in that scripture because that's not what my heart says. It's not what I feel. My encouragement, jump into the arms of Jesus. And I'm going to be truthful with you right here. I have, I've tried to be the whole, this whole time. This side of eternity, we may never feel right. Jesus is not going to abandon you as you step towards faith saying this is not what my mind is telling me this is not what my body's telling me but Jesus I'm trying to learn how to trust you as my creator and you as my savior with all things Even the things related to physical relationships between humans. From the thought to the action. And Jesus is going to walk with you through his spirit. Let's pray. Father, may we listen to the wisdom writer. And may we understand clearly that every thought that we have is a decision Every thought that we entertain and that we dwell on is a step toward a specific destination. It is a path, not a thought. It is a path, not just a decision. And that path is either leading towards you or it's leading away from you. May we not, may we not take that wrong path. May we stop right now, wherever we are on that journey, and may we evaluate this week where we are, and may we make a decision to either choose you, choose life, choose your path from every thought all the way through actions and how you've created us to work. And my prayer is selfishly, God, that we will make that decision this week, maybe even today while we can still hear you calling our names. 
And Jesus, we ask these things. Everything that we have read and taught, everything that we have talked about that is within your plan, Jesus, I pray that those seeds would grow. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things.